Amen. Aloha and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokilani, your host, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex, who is preaching about sin. We're continuing our series in Matthew. We're in chapter 9, looking at verses 1 through 8 in the ESV version. I'll go ahead and read, and Alex will get right into it. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. Amen. Tim Keller was telling this story about um, taxi cabs in New York, and he has a church he pastored, um, had a church in that he pastored in Manhattan, and he's saying that when taxi drivers like run into each other on the street, they don't like get out of the car and make a big deal about this fender bender. They literally just keep on driving, mm-hmm. and I just think about like. Um, just the little fender benders that I get in, how my heart just stopped. I was at Costco last week and Lokilani and Lucy were inside of the store and uh, me and the boys were hanging out in the car waiting for her to come out. It's kind of crazy to go into Costco with five kids. So thank God for the van that you guys prayed about because we we're able to hang out in the van. It's nice and big and we can just sit in there and wait for mama. And I was watching the parking lot. And there was a young lady who backed into another older Japanese man uh, as he was backing out and they just, they've hit bumpers. And this old Japanese man just came out of his car and kind of like limping, like struggling. And um, it wasn't a hard hit, but she said, she was embarrassed of course. And she said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I'm fine. And he just gave her a hug. And you could see the relief. I heard her say, really? And that's what actually caught my attention. I didn't even see the interaction. Um, but she was like, really? And she gave him a hug. And and then she walked, got, got back in her car and he drove off. And she sat in her car for a good while before driving off. Um, and I thought about perspective. Tim Keller brought this up because our perspective, when we get into a fender bender, we blow up. We get scared. Taxi drivers in New York, they're like, oh, just another day in the office. Perspective is everything. And in this story, we're going to see Jesus's perspective on hurt, on healing, on sickness, on pain, on sin, and how it is so different from the religious perspective that we get into all the time and the physical perspective that we fall into all the time. It says that he crossed over the lake in verse one. 
Uh, and behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their fa- faith, he said to the paralytic, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Luke gives us some, gives us some more details. Luke really focuses on Jesus being the great physician because Luke is a physician. And so he gives a lot of details on how this is not just a hospital that Jesus is working in here. He's in a house. It's crowded with people. They're cut through the roof to bring this guy. It was a very violent, Jesus, heal my friend kind of situation. And that's just the kind of people that Jesus was healing. It's the kind of people Jesus was working with. Luke brings light to that. Matthew wants to focus on forgiveness and sin here. Because that's what his Jewish audience needs to learn about. That's what we need to learn about. Because we, not Jewish, I may, maybe you are, I'm not, but I am religious in a bad way. Just like the Pharisees. That's what we need to focus on. And so right here, why is Jesus saying to him, your sins are forgiven? That's maybe not what they want to hear. Maybe they want to hear, Jesus, can you heal my friend? He can't walk. He has palsy, possibly. So maybe he could walk at some point, but it just got taken away from him. What Jesus is saying right here is that there's something called spiritual paralysis. Sin makes you not be able to walk with God. Think about it. Adam used to walk with God. And then sin came in. He got banished from the garden. No more walking through the cool of the day in the garden in paradise with God. Sin takes away, disables our ability to walk with God. That's what sin does. Enoch walked with God and then was not. What happened there? He was sanctified. He walked with God and God took him to be with him in paradise. We need to learn to walk with God. Our biggest problem is sin. That's what Jesus is saying here. Your biggest problem is not that you're you're not able to walk. Your biggest problem is sin. What good is it to be able to walk and have a healthy body and then go to hell? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? You see Jesus' perspective? He's looking at this from a spiritual perspective. He's looking at this through God's eyes because he is the son of God. We're looking at it through human eyes, through a human perspective, and we're missing it. Why? Well, right here, his friends and the people around him saw the immediate physical need. And so they would have been seeing it through physical eyes, a physical perspective. And so often we miss what's most important because we're looking at what we can physically see right in front of us. But if we had spiritual x-ray goggles and we were able to look at it from God's point of view, from God's perspective, we would see something differently. There's another perspective that we look from that is not good. And verse four, it says, but Jesus, knowing their hearts said, why do you think evil in your hearts? Why do you think evil in your hearts? This word evil means, um, It's closer to this idea of like hardship. And it's almost as if Jesus is saying, why are you making this more harder than it actually is? You're confusing yourself. You're making it more harder than it is. You're adding extra labor. What this word evil means. You're adding extra labor to what is happening. Because the people around him, the spiritual leaders, they're saying, he's blaspheming. How can he say this? 
He's making himself one with God. He's just a man, just like us. How can he say this? They were missing the whole thing. Why? They were looking at it through a religious perspective. There's so many things that our churches will not do because it doesn't, you know, sound like them or it doesn't fit in with their religious jargon or their religious agenda. There's so many things that um, we will just not do because we think, ah, we're too good for that. Or um, uh, my church doesn't do that. So I can't go there. I can't hang out with those people. Looking at the matter through the physical or through the religious, Jesus says that's evil. Looking at anything, any sort of pain, any sort of need, any sort of wrong, if we look at it in any other way other than God's eyes, it's evil. And by evil, it means you're adding extra work, you're adding extra labor to it. You're making it harder for you to really see what's going on. And Jesus says this. He says, which is easier for you in verse five to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed and go home. You see healing miracle right here was meant to show that Jesus had the authority to forgive sins. So you ask yourself, why do I not see healings in my church anymore? Why do I not see miraculous um, exorcisms and stuff anymore? Why don't we see that? We see it in the early church. Why don't we see X, Y, and Z outpourings of the Holy Spirit? Because you're asking for them to toot your church's horn or to feel good, to have a feeling, an emotional response to God. And that's not what those miracles are for. We see them in the early church and we see them overseas. Because overseas, we're, we're seeing people who just like this, pe- these people in this room that we're reading about, they're looking at things through the physical and they're looking at things through the religious, pagan religion, heathen religion, false gods false idols. And they're looking at it through all these different lenses. And God is saying, I need you to look at it through my eyes. So here's a miraculous healing. Here's a miraculous exorcism so that you can know that there's only one name under heaven that saves. And that is Jesus Christ, the son of God. Mm -hmm. So we don't see that here because we've had preacher after preacher, decade after decade of people preaching the good news. And yet we still want to see these quote unquote outpourings of the spirit because we want a feeling. You're looking at it through the religious. You're looking at it through the physical. Jesus is saying, look at it through the spiritual. Unless we start to see things through the lenses of sin. Stuff like, my biggest problem isn't that I'm not able to buy a house right now. Isn't that I'm not able to have the free time that I need. I'm talking about myself right now. My biggest problem is that I'm selfish and I'm prideful. But if I look at things through the physical, I'll say, okay, well, the reason why I'm so, uh, the reason why I'm having a short temper is because I need more me time. I need more, I need to surf more. I need more alone time. It's alone time is powerful. You guys hear me talk about alone time 
a lot, but it's alone time with God. That's different. But me saying I need daddy, me, daddy time, daddy time, daddy time, God time. If, if I'm looking at it through that way and I'm blaming my sin, my unhappiness on that, I'm not looking at it through the lenses of sin. Through the lenses of sin would, dis, would be to say, Alex, you are so selfish and prideful. That is why everyone's getting on your nerves. If I'm looking at it through the religious and I say, I need to make more videos. I need to be more X, Y, and Z in the podcast. My ministry needs to look like A, B, and C. And I need to push everything aside, you know, reject my responsibilities just so I can chase and climb, chase the spirituality, climb the spiritual ladder. Don't you see what I'm doing? Now I'm looking at it through the religious. I'm My real problem is, I don't believe the work is finished. I don't believe that uh, Christ can love me at my lowest. So what am I doing? I'm working for my salvation now. Don't you see? We have to look at things through the eyes of sin. And you might be saying, well, that's scary. It is scary. But whenever we look at things through our sin, through our brokenness, what we're doing is we're being real with ourselves. That's what I mean by that. You're being honest and you're being real. Don't you see, unless you look at things through the lenses of sin, you're going to miss it and spend eternity in hell. Because we're so afraid to talk about sin. We're so afraid to look at things through the lenses of sin that that homeless person isn't homeless because they won't work. They're homeless because there's sin in this world. That person doesn't have cancer because they disobeyed their parents. Maybe that's true, but that's not why they have cancer. They have cancer because there's sin in the world. Mm -hmm. Your coworker is getting on your nerves, not because they are annoying or not because they are just, they didn't go to the right school and they didn't, they weren't raised the right way or their mental health, yada, yada, yada. They are hostile towards you because there's sin in the world and in them and in you. We have to look at things the way that God looks at things and he calls things as they are. Our world wants to erase sin. And blame everything else. Mm -hmm. Even if they want to blame the devil. They'll blame the devil before they'll blame their own sin and their own flesh. And Jesus cuts through all of that and says, all you guys looking at the physical, all you guys looking at the religious. No, we're looking at this through the spiritual. And the spiritual problem at hand is that you're a sinner. Unless we get that taken care of, unless we get forgiveness, who cares if you can walk, jump, skip, backflip, whatever. Look what happens now. It says, that was last week's episode, sorry, I was pointing to the wrong part. Um, He rose and he went home. What? He rose and went home. What does that mean? It means that if you choose to look at things with the right perspective, you will be able to go home to paradise with God. Looking at things through a spiritual perspective, looking at things at the root, 
at the through the x-ray lenses of sin. What you're doing is you're seeing straight through to the problem. And when you get to the problem, you realize there's forgiveness at the problem. There's grace mm-hmm. at the problem. There's mercy at the problem. And then I get to get up and go home. Because this guy was healed, not just physically, but spiritually, Jesus just could have said, rise. Wow, look at the miracle. But he says, rise, take up your mat and walk. Why? Three things. Number one, rise. So there's healing there. Take up your mat, which means there's volition. There's there's uh, the chance, there's the ability to obey what he's saying. He doesn't need the mat anymore. He could have rose up and skipped home, but he obeyed. So that shows acceptance, that shows obedience, that shows love for the person that just commanded this thing to him. And then what does he do? He goes home. That's a picture of returning back to the place that was broken, disrupted because of our problem. The garden is where we're going back to, metaphorically speaking, paradise with God. That was broken, disrupted, and messed up because of our spiritual paralysis, because of our sin. This is a picture of what happens when you choose to see your problem for what it is. You get to rise from it. You get to walk in obedience to God. And then you get to walk towards paradise with him forever. That's what they were missing. This is the kind of stuff you miss when you don't look at it through the spiritual lenses. And this is all possible because of this. Verse eight, when the crowd saw it, they were afraid and they glorified God. That is biblical. Mm -hmm. Fear and glory. They're afraid because they're in the presence of an awesome God. They glorify God because only God could do this. And it was God who had given such authority to Jesus, who was 100% man and 100% God. Jesus took on our spiritual paralysis. Don't you see him up there being struck? Don't you see them up, up there being crushed as if his legs and his arms were experiencing paralysis? It looked like that. It looked like he couldn't jump down from that cross, but if he wanted to, he could. But what he wanted to do is he wanted to die for us because he loved us and he wanted to give glory to God and obey God because it was the will of God. He took our spiritual paralysis so that we could get up and walk with God. He resurrected to show that when we trust in him, when we get to the root of the problem, we will rise, take up our mat and walk. And the resurrection means, I mean, and the second coming of Christ means keep your spiritual x-ray goggles on. Because when he comes back, only those who are walking with him into paradise are those who kept him on, who are looking at the world, looking at themselves, looking at the problem problems of this life through the spiritual x-ray lenses in seeing sin. Only those. And we have the courage to look at it that way because of the forgiveness that we've received. 
Father, we thank you so much for your son and the perspective that he gives us. We pray, God, that you would help us to answer the question of how does my perspective need to be changed? And that we be honest with ourselves. In your name we pray, amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. Like Alex said in his prayer, the question is, how does your perspective need to be to change? Mm-hmm. How does your perspective need to change? And this message was just so good. And I just, I love it because um, I think it kind of goes along with last week's episode overthinking. Um, and that's definitely a huge struggle of mine. I want to pick every little thing apart so I can figure out what's going on. And today I was in the kitchen doing something and right now I can't even remember what it was, but I remember in my mind thinking, well, it's because there's sin in the world. I was, it was one of those things that I was trying to figure out and it's cool. I guess you could say it must have been the Holy Spirit or whatever, but that's like what came to mind. We hadn't even talked about this message yet. And like, I can't even remember what it was that I was, that it was bothering me or that I was thinking about at the moment. And I think that's how my perspective needs to change. I need more moments where instead of me trying to figure every little thing out or overthink a situation, situation <laughs> situation um that's a good name sometimes for a <laughs> sometimes the answer is just there's sin in the world yes there's certain things in life that you need to figure out and not just be like well it's there's sin in the world and i'm just not going to be responsible or i'm just not going to do my part in fixing something or changing something um but certain things in life, you know, that we're trying to figure out in our own way or we're trying to diagnose without truly knowing um, that needs to be the answer. And there's freedom in that. And I love how last week's episode was like overthinking and how the solution is to take the focus off of ourselves, to think of others, to love others and love the Lord. And, um, this week it's the same thing, but instead of pointing at others as the issue or as the problem, look inward. And I think that just alleviates a lot of the tension we may find with other people or just situations or even ideologies in the world, um, is to look inward and say, I'm a sinner. I have sin in my life. I have been set free through Christ and Christ alone, not by my own merit, not by anything I've done, not by what I decided to do and whatever, not because I was born a certain place or I'm a certain gender or whatever, or I look a certain way. None of that matters. It was a gift from God to have forgiveness. Um, And when you focus on that, then I feel like that's the solution to love others. That's how you can then turn outward focused and not be so 
I don't know, like bogged down by the sin of other people. Um, again, calling out sin, there's a time for that. You know, confession is very important. So we're not saying, oh, just there's sin, so just walk away. But um, yeah, I think there is so much freedom when when you realize that. When you decide, like, I know that I am just as sinful as the person next to me. Yeah. So good. I think, yeah, and that is the, like, situation that we're in. I love that. Because, like, not being able to see things for what they really are. Mm -hmm. And not having uh, the grace. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and the honesty, you know, to call it out and to, but, but I think like, if we don't, like you're saying, if we don't do that, we won't have those moments of like relief yes. of knowing what the real problem is, Yes, you know, and we can, we're constantly looking for the problem, looking for the problem or haven't found the answer yet. I don't know. And that's mm-hmm. a horrible like hellish place to be to not know why things are the way they are but the bible mm-hmm. gives us a reason yes you know so we're part beautiful. of a fallen we have to world. have that perspective mm-hmm. we love you guys how does your how does your perspective need to change amenpodcast.com if this blessed you and you want to support this ministry uh follow us on instagram amen podcast rate and review the podcast like this video on youtube follow us subscribe help us get to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, um, all that jazz. Alex Wilson podcast for the small little nugget takeaway from this episode that didn't make the final cut of this sermon. This is the main podcast, but if you want to listen to our secret podcast, Alex Wilson podcast. Uh, love you guys so much, but how does your perspective need to change? Mm-hmm. And let us know. We'll throw this on our Instagram story too if you're watching this on Sunday and we'll want to hear from you guys. On there as well, but uh, we'll be reposting this like we always do the question stickers on Spotify. Um, And yeah, we love you. Yep. And until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.